When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Larry21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Welcome to the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. We dive into stories of true crime, from unsolved cold cases to historic kidnapping to gangsters and beyond. We are your source for true crime. We thank you for listening. Welcome to the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. On today's episode of Cold Case Friday, we dive into Brandon Lawson. But first, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Poddex, for sponsoring this episode. Check them out today at poddex.com, and you can save 10% off your order with promo code LARRY21. And also, Audible. Go to audibletrial.com slash LARRY21 for a free 30-day trial and free audiobook of your choice. And as always, you can be a part of the show. Send us a voicemail, 682-305-0483. We can feature you on the next episode of the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. So let's dive into today's episode. What happened to Brandon Lawson? Brandon Lawson had a lot to live for. He'd been dedicated to his fiancée, Odessa Lofton, for 10 years. And the couple had three children. Brandon also had a child from a previous relationship. By all accounts, Brandon was a loving and attentive father, but he had struggled with substance abuse issues in the past and had recently relapsed shortly before his disappearance in 2013. More than six years later, Brandon's family and those familiar with the case still wonder whether his drug issues played a role in his disappearance, and if so, what role? The evening of August 9, 2013, wasn't a very good one for Brandon. The 26-year-old San Angelo, Texas resident was an oil field worker who sometimes spent 13 hours on the job at a time. According to Ledessa, Brandon sometimes worked 95 hours a week. Dude, that would be torture. Dude, I can't, like, I can barely survive 40. The long hours precipitated a job change, and Brandon started a new job. 
When a very tired Brandon arrived home on August 9th, his exhaustion only grew worse when he began arguing with his fiancée. He was said to have been in panic mode, but Ladessa had a right to be angry. Her common-law husband hadn't come home at all the previous night, and she was frustrated by his recent drug use. In a rage, Brandon left the family's home, intending to drive to his father's house in the town of Crowley, which is a 3.5-hour drive away. Worried about her fiancé's state of mind behind the wheel, Ladessa phoned Brandon and asked him not to go all the way to Crowley. It was already after midnight. Instead, Ladessa suggested he made the five-mile trek to his brother's house to spend the night. Brandon switched gears and started driving north on Highway 277 towards Abilene, abandoning his journey towards his father's house along Highway 67. This doesn't necessarily mean he decided to heed Ladessa's advice. However, it's possible that Brandon chose an even longer route to his father's house. Brandon had a bench warrant, so it's plausible he was still headed to his father's house, but opted to take the back roads to avoid police or take a more scenic route. Of course, it wouldn't have made much sense to take the scenic route in the middle of the night, but he wasn't in the best frame of mind at the time. Brandon's truck was almost out of gas, but he decided to try and make the 30-minute drive to Stripe's convenience store and gas station. Meanwhile, back at Brandon and Ladessa's home, Ladessa phoned Brandon's brother Kyle, out of concern for Brandon's well-being after their argument. Kyle offered to come with his girlfriend, Audrey, and visit Ladessa and their children, one of whom was sick at the time. Kyle arrived at the home around 12.10 a.m. About 45 minutes after Brandon took off in his truck, he too phoned Kyle, but not for a wellness check. He needed his brother to bring him gasoline as his truck had stopped running along Highway 277, it was hard to make out everything Brandon was saying because cell service was spotty in the area where his truck broke down. The last thing Brandon told his brother was, quote, I'm 10 minutes up the road, just hurry up and get here. At some point while he was on the phone with his brother, Brandon said three blank are chasing me out of town. That blank referred to Mexicans, and when Brandon said this, Kyle immediately suspected that meth was contributing to his brother's state of mind and asked him if he was tripping, but Brandon assured him he was not. Kyle called Ladessa and told her to leave a gas can on the porch, which she did before taking a shower and going to bed. She also put her cell phone in her van to charge, as her phone was running out of juice, and she didn't have a working charger that she could use in the house. With her phone out of sight and out of mind, Ladessa missed several calls from both Kyle and Brandon. When she went to sleep that night, she expected that Brandon would be back in the morning. The plan to help Brandon was a lengthy one, not as simple as picking up the gas can and taking a gasoline to the broken-down truck. Kyle was still waiting for his latest paycheck to clear, so he'd have to pick up the gas can, drive out to where Brandon was stranded, get money from him, go get gas, then return to Brandon's truck. But when Kyle and Audrey arrived at the location Brandon directed them to, he was nowhere to be found. The truck wasn't sitting alone alongside the road. However, a police car was parked next to it. It didn't appear that an accident had occurred, nor were there any signs of a struggle. A concerned motorist had seen the abandoned truck and the odd way in which it was parked and had phoned the police. When Kyle and Audrey arrived at the mile marker where Brandon told them they would be, Deputy Neal from the Coke County Sheriff's Office explained that he'd been dispatched to the spot after a passing motorist had called 911. Shortly after Brandon hung up with his brother the last time, a frantic Brandon also called 911, 
the dispatcher had a difficult time deciphering a great deal of what Brandon was saying. Quote, yeah. But they were able to make out the following. Saying, quote, yes, I'm in the middle of a field. Push some guys over right here going towards Abilene on both sides. My truck ran out of gas. There's one guy here. The guy's chasing to the to the woods. Please hurry. He also told the dispatcher, we're not talking to him. I told you I ran into them. That's the first guy. When the dispatcher asked Brandon if he needed an ambulance, he replied, no, I need the cops. After that, the connection went dead. It would be three days before anyone realized that Brandon had phoned 911 as no one was dispatched to his location after that. Odessa only discovered the exchange while scrolling through Brandon's phone records. It's likely the dispatcher dismissed Brandon's pleas for help when the call dropped. Many recordings of the 911 call have made the rounds online. Some slowed down or enhanced in an effort to earn more. It's clear from these recordings that Brandon was desperate and out of breath. His thick southern drawl sometimes made it difficult to determine what he was saying. possible that his intoxicated state contributed to the garbled nature of the call. Kyle and Audrey noticed that Brandon appeared to abandon his truck in haste. The back end was sticking out on the road, the doors unlocked, the passing motorist had called the police because he believed the protruding truck was a hazard to other drivers. Brandon's keys, wallet, and cell phone were missing. Somewhere in the midst of the chaos and confusion that night, Brandon managed to call Audrey to tell her that he was bleeding. But once again, it was impossible to glean any more details from the call because of the poor connection. Despite numerous searches of thousands of acres of land, including the use of cadaver dogs, infrared cameras, and airplanes, no one has seen or heard from Brandon since that fateful night. Seeing how this is Cold Case Friday, we got some theories into what could have happened. Since Brandon's 911 call was of such poor quality, it's frustrating trying to figure out what he was saying and what, if anything, was happening to him in those moments. Yet the theories of what happened to him depend largely on that call, because frankly, that's all we've got to go on. The Crawl Space podcast interviewed Kyle Lawson, and now we've gained more details than we did when Brandon first went missing. So the first theory was he was murdered. Hastily abandoned vehicle, 911 call placed by a panic stricken man, and a disappearance spanning six and a half years. Definitely sounds murder. You know what they say never judge a book by its cover. The theory that he was murdered is supported by the following Brandon indicated in the 911 call that he was not alone. He pushed some guys over on both sides, suggesting that he was in the presence of more than one person. He goes on to say in the call that one person was chasing him and another one was doing something in the field running towards it. Perhaps we may never know. Based on the 911 call, Brandon ran into these people, though it's not clear exactly what that means. Some suggest he physically ran into another vehicle or hit an actual person, but there was nothing found at the scene to suggest either scenario had occurred. He requested police. He claimed he was bleeding. He mentioned to his brother Kyle that the Mexicans in the neighborhood were after him. However, no one knew who he was referring to, and his truck broke down in a desolate area, not a neighborhood. 
In an interview with Kyle on the Crawl Space podcast, Kyle said Brandon told him that Ledessa got the aforementioned Mexicans from the neighborhood to chase him out of town. Two were still chasing him, but a third one had been pulled over by a state trooper. A second voice may have been recorded on the 911 call. If Brandon had been murdered, investigators surely would have found blood at the scene, which they did not. It's possible Brandon was taken by someone and murdered elsewhere, but that doesn't change the fact that Brandon said he was bleeding, but no blood was ever found. Not on the road, not in the field, not in or on his truck. Let me put it this way. If blood was found, the information was never made public. Now about that second voice on the call. I've listened to the call, and it does indeed sound like someone was with Brandon when he placed the call. But again, the call was of such poor quality that it's hard to say for certain whether it was a voice or just background noise. It could have been the voice of someone who stopped to help Brandon. But if the person was just a good Samaritan, why hasn't he come forward to be identified and interviewed by police? At the time of his disappearance, Brandon was once again involved in drugs. His family states this as fact. He also had an outstanding felony warrant for delivering drugs, so we can say with relative ease that he was involved with some unsavory people. Did he owe money? Was he a narc? There may have very well have been a motive for killing Brandon. And the next theory was that Brandon ran away. Brandon had a couple of solid reasons to run away. First, there was this felony warrant, which carried a sentence of 2 to 20 years in prison. However, he was out on bond, so he was likely looking at more probation, time served, or very short sentence. But if he was back on drugs and tested positive for a substance, that could have derailed his chances of merely extending his probation and may have put him behind bars. So it's possible that Brandon faked his own death or abduction to escape his legal problems. Absolutely. Brandon's family has stated, however, that Brandon already had already done time in state prison and was not fearful of going back. The thing is, his family said he was dealing with a felony charge and had an attorney. He was not trying to get out of it. He was facing it head on. Also, he would have been abandoning his fiancée and his four children, which no one associated with Brandon believes he would have had the heart to do. If he disappeared of his own accord, it seems odd that he would take his keys, wallet, and cell phone with him. After 3 a.m. on the morning of his disappearance, neither his phone or his credit debit cards were ever used again. His keys were rendered useless when his truck was finally towed. It appears that none of the missing items from his truck served him in any purpose, and if he was trying to fake his own murder and abduction, it would have made much more sense to leave those things behind. On the other hand, Maybe he just always kept those things on him at all times, and their absence has little to do with what happened to him. I also think it's interesting that a man who was supposedly on the run from law enforcement called 911 asking for the police. Those were the very police that he would have been trying to avoid. Since there has been no signs that Brandon Lawson started a new life, the logical conclusion, if you believe he was on the run, is he hid out somewhere and died there. Unfortunately, because of the nature of meth, very few of the details of this case make sense. And, of course, the next theory we got to cover are drugs. Brandon's brother, Kyle, has mentioned on numerous podcasts that his brother was a meth user who was high at the time of his disappearance. According to Kyle, Brandon's argument with Ledessa was about drugs. 
it seems that Brandon had tried to uh, tried to score some meth earlier in the day and was trying to talk his brother into help, helping him get some. Kyle also mentioned that Brandon had done meth on the night of his disappearance. When Kyle was summoned to Brandon and Ladessa's home after the couple argued, Ladessa told him that Brandon was flipping out and tripping. From what I've seen, heard, meth addicts can become highly paranoid and experience psychosis. Their decision-making skills are shot, so getting behind the wheel of a truck and making a confusing 911 call while high isn't as crazy as it might sound. If it's true that Brandon was on meth when he ran out of gas, he could have been seeing people and things that weren't there. He could have been paranoid in general that he was being followed. In his fearful, paranoid state, it's possible that Brandon wandered off somewhere to hide and succumbed to the elements or to a drug overdose. He could have fallen in the water. He was near the Colorado River and a bridge and drowned, for all we know. Or Brandon was involved in a drug deal gone bad while he was high. But again, where is the evidence of a crime? And where is his body? And there's other... And these are some other points of interest that we've gained from the Crawl Space podcast. Kyle stated that when he and his girlfriend arrived at the arranged meetup spot, they saw Brandon's truck, but not Brandon, and asked him over the phone where he was. Brandon told them he was right there, but they didn't see him. Could Brandon have gotten lost? Was he a drug-induced psychosis? Was he injured nearby, face down in the dirt, and they literally couldn't see him? Was this a ruse to fake his own death or disappearance? During the call, a police vehicle approached Kyle, which caused Brandon to shout over the phone. One time, run. Kyle responded by telling him he hadn't done anything wrong and wasn't going to run. To which Brandon replied, where's your pride, motherfucker? He dang hung up on Kyle. Kyle is absolutely certain that his brother was able to see him from his vantage point because he was able to warn him that a police vehicle was approaching. The field in question actually teeming with trees and brush, so it would have been relatively easy for Brandon to find a hiding spot. Kyle said he has no idea why Brandon would have instructed him to run from the cop, since Brandon is the one who called 911 in the first place. Kyle asked the cop to go down the road and look for his brother because of the shoddy cell phone service. The cop informed him that he would do so, but he had just come from the that direction and there was no sign of Brandon. After Brandon disappeared, Kyle was heavily scrutinized by the police, but passed two polygraph tests. Also, Kyle doesn't believe Odessa had anyone run Brandon out of town, but it does put a new spin on the case. According to Reddit and some Redditors, Kyle told reporters that Brandon thought the Mexicans were chasing him about eight months before he went missing. Maybe Ladessa was sick of dealing with a drug addict. Admittedly, it is a very sad, frustrating, infuriating situation to deal with. The lies get old fast, especially when children are uh, involved. Do I believe that Ladessa actually got Mexicans to run her fiancé out of town? Nope, but it's still a theory. Kyle believes the state trooper he encountered that night should submit to a polygraph test. This begs the question, were the Cops involved in Brandon's demise? During the 911 call, Brandon refers to something that sounds like scraper or staper. 
in between telling the dispatcher, I'm in the middle of a field and my truck broke down. Someone has suggested he may have been saying sniper or he was trying to say state trooper and garbled his words. Kyle believes Brandon was saying state trooper. In the more than six years since Brandon Lawson went missing, family and friends have never given up on finding the young man who had so much promise. It was in the merciless grip of drugs. Still, much has changed over the years. Most notably, Ladessa Lofton got married in May 2019. I'm so sad that the father of her children is still out there somewhere and that she's received no closure. Good for her for moving on with her life. Things can't stay in a suspended state forever. And in my unprofessional opinion, Brandon was on drugs the night he disappeared. He was hallucinating and paranoid. He wandered off somewhere and either succumbed to the elements, drowned, or was fatally injured. I don't think he is still alive, but he just hasn't been found yet. This story is so creepy and unnerving, though, that the possibility he was murdered will always lurk in the dark. Or until the truth finally emerges. Many people have a harsh opinion of drug de- uh, users. Unless you've de- dealt with substance abuse yourself, it's hard to understand why anyone risks everything to get high. The truth is that people use drugs to cope with pain. Wherever Brandon Lawson is right now, I hope he has found healing and freedom from his demons. Now let us know in the comments section below, what do you think happened to Brandon? Do you think he's still alive or is he dead? And do you think he was murdered? As always, hit that subscribe button. Give us a thumbs up if you like our video or even a thumbs down. It's up to you. And if you want to support the show, you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash TCNS. Your support helps the channel grow so we can upgrade our equipment, create new shows, bring in new hosts, pay them, and take this show on the road. As always, thank you so much for watching and listening. We will see you next time. You have been listening to the True Crime Never Sleeps Podcast. Thank you for listening. You can follow us on Facebook at True Crime Never Sleeps Podcast and on Twitter at True Crime NS. And follow us on Instagram at True Crime Never Sleeps. Thanks for watching. If you want to support the show, buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash TCNN or become a patron at patreon.com slash True Crime Never Sleeps. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.